catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. A recent research from Action Aid International shows that there may be a potential gap of about 32 billion US dollars in annual taxation revenue from just five of the world's largest tech companies as just one year's tax bill from these five companies could have paid for full two dose COVID-19 vaccination for every human on earth without of course the full rollout um, included. Also taxing Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Alphabet, and Microsoft fairly on their 2020 profits, according to ActionAid International, could potentially generate about 28 billion for OECD countries, 21 billion in dollars for G7 countries, and about 8 billion United States dollars for the European Union. These taxes are even more important for much needed investment in public services such as healthcare and education, which have been affected by the pandemic. Now, Nigeria could raise an additional 100 million US dollars in taxes from these same five companies if taxed fairly, fairly enough to pay the annual salaries of about 70,000 nurses in the country. Some of the big tech firms, according to reports, have found loopholes in tax policies around the world for years to evade their fair share of taxes. With the recent progress made in June 2021 as the G7 backed a United States proposal that called for corporations around the world to pay a minimum 15% tax on profits, there may be some hope for fair digital taxation for big global corporations. Now, the reforms, if finalized, would affect the world's largest companies with profit margins of at least, say, 10%. If Africa consumes a big deal from these corporations, can we create anything taxable from them for the economy? Now, in June 2021, Nigerians were restricted from accessing Twitter and one of the guidelines for the restriction to be lifted was some certain level of regulation through taxes and physical contact with Twitter's personnel. First and foremost, Twitter must register as a company in Nigeria. It will be licensed by the Broadcasting Commission. Words from Nigeria's Culture and Information Minister Lai Mohammed in an interview uh, on the restriction of Twitter in Nigeria. Now, this raises the question, does a company need to set up a physical store or be registered in Nigeria in order to pay taxes? Is this just an excuse to restrict you know, access to platforms of critical political discourse? Uh, could Nigeria's Minister of Culture and Information, Lai Mohammed, be right? Because some internet companies operate in places where taxes are low, they share services in many other countries where they do not have a physical presence, and then they end up avoiding taxes. But have you heard of base erosion and profit sharing, BPS or BEPS as it's called? One of the provisions of BEPS specifies that digital firms like Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Uber pay taxes regardless of their physical presence or measured profits in a country. Does this mean that Netflix, Twitter, and others will pay taxes to Nigeria or to Kenya or South Africa? How will Nigeria even collect these taxes? Will they scare away foreign investments from Africa or from Nigeria? Many countries over time have tried to stem the growing economic and political influence of big tech companies, and this has produced a lot of bad blood. In recent times, major global social media firms have seen the bad side of this with governments insisting on regulation. But just like a popular quote, everything is down to who controls the money. 
all the economies of scale. To help us better understand these issues is an associate certified chartered accountant. He obtained master's in business administration, finance and investment management from the University of Wales. And since 2012, he since 2012, he has been in finance, accounting, and international taxation, including transfer pricing. He's a seasoned accountant with adequate knowledge of international financial reporting standard. Uh, his areas are financial modeling, project financing, financial reporting and analysis, internal control, and risk management. Our guest is an accounting professional with about 15 years experience and currently works with the professional tax regulatory and people's services organization ascension consulting services as the manager transfer pricing ife ajao is the guest for today thank you very much for joining the conversation ife how you doing um thank you so much anthony um i'm very well um i'm happy to be on the program so what does BEPS BEPS mean? Oh, okay. Um, to to start with, um, uh, let me give a brief overview of um, what BEPS um, and its concepts, what it is. Um, BEPS is an acronym for. Um, base erosion and profit shifting. Um, these are a um, combination of two words, um, base erosion, the first word, and the, and the profit shifting, or oh, the, the second word. So um, base erosion can, can be simply defined to be practice, majorly um, among multinational enterprise, of reducing the tax base in the jurisdiction in which they operate. And profit shifting also is, um, is, is, is also a practice which is commonly found among multinational enterprise, um, which is um, intended to shift profit or income or revenue, um, as the case may be now, from one tax jurisdiction to another. Um, these are actually done through um, what we call intercompany transactions. And what this means is that um, companies that are operating within the same group or having a common um, parent entity, they often transact businesses with themselves. And this business can actually cut across different tax jurisdiction, I mean different countries now. So um, sometimes they can structure this business, this transaction in such a way to um, base a road, um, a particular jurisdiction or shift income from one jurisdiction to another. Um, it is imperative now that I say that um, the, the, the act itself, the act of um, um, BEPS itself, it is not most time considered illegal. Largely, 
the the multinational enterprises just take advantage of the current rules, um, which are most time domestic law, um, which are still grounded in bricks and mortar, you know, economic environment, rather than the today environment, you know, of global players, you know, which is um, which involve the use of um, intangibles. So, so the, the the act itself, which is played by most multinationals, it is not illegal. However, there is something we call um, aggressive tax planning. This is actually in between the tax avoidance or uh, the and the and the tax evasion. So most times, um, when these multinationals are actually designing their structure, their business operations. Um, building their contract, they often take advantage of the tax loopholes in the domestic country to actually erode um, one jurisdiction at the expense, you know, um, of another. So these these are basically the 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 problems um, in um, in um, base erosion and, and profit shifting. So if, if I can actually put a question here. So the problem is we want to guide against the practice of the multinational company from the act of moving profit from one jurisdiction to another unfairly. So, so it, that is just a synopsis of what base erosion and profit shifting is all about. So we want to ensure that profits derived from every transactions are reported in the location where the economic activities actually took place and not where there is, let me say, where there is no substance of that activity. So we want to make sure that profits are adequately taxed in the jurisdiction in which the economic activities are performed. Okay, beautiful. Now, how will this affect African countries? So how will this impact African countries? Uh, African countries suffering from this? Because I just read out some numbers from Action Aid International about how Nigeria can benefit uh, in taxes of up to $100 million. Um, is, is this real money or is it just a conjecture? Um, so to be honest, this, this is real money, okay? This is real money and the problem has been on for a while now and... Um, there have been a lot of debates concerning how African countries and let me say most time developing nations are actually suffering from the way multinational enterprise conduct their operations in that jurisdiction. We are all aware of the new norm which involves the use of intangible, especially among the, the major tech players. So the problem is that most tech companies they don't need to come to Africa to actually conduct their businesses. So there are software, you know, digital electronics, you know, internet related services and e-commerces and, and all kind of, you know, activities, all kind of business transactions that you don't need a physical environment. You don't need um, a, a physical location to conduct those. You can just be in your country. You can just be in your room and actually sell to the old world. So this is actually, so company now are making use of intellectual property other than having to have a kind of contact with their client base. So 
most times the African countries are usually at the profitable end because most of these big tech companies, they are not in Nigeria. Many of them, they have their fist base in America, in the United States, in Mauritius, in Netherlands, in Italy. So they just stay there and derive economic benefits ranging to billions of dollars from these transactions. And the problem is that Africa is not yet developed to the extent that they are able to capture these transactions, that the economic benefits derived from these transactions are adequately taxed. So it's a little bit difficult for Africa to actually tax this income accordingly and appropriately. So these people are, let me say, they are draining the income base of African country where the economic value is actually being derived. I mean, so it's a major concern for the government, for the revenue authorities of most African nations as it's actually affecting the tax revenue from these activities. So it is imperative that government actually act immediately, you know, to actually boycott this kind of activities being played by the major tech multinationals. But the truth is staring at all of us in the face. This is the new norm. The pandemic, you know, which has been a major global phenomenon in the last, um, let me say, two years now, has shown that we all have to stay, you know, safe and probably stay in a much comfortable environment and we can still transact our businesses without limitation. So it's, it's a major concern for every one of us and this is the new norm. So that is it about how it affects multinational enterprises, especially the media tech companies. Now, let's uh, think back at what the Minister of Culture and Information, Lai Mohammed in Nigeria, said about taxing of uh, the major companies. Is it possible for Nigeria to actually tax these major companies? If, if so, how, uh, how will it be done Okay, yes, it is very possible and achievable. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give kudos to revenue authorities in Nigeria, especially the Federal Inland Revenue Services. I mean, they, they've been doing their best and which has been notable in the tax space in Nigeria. For instance, they've issued two finance acts now. We have Finance Act 2019. We also have Finance Act 2020. And one of the major notable developments is the introduction of significant economic presence. So the concept of significant economic presence is able to give clarity as to what constitutes a notable presence in Nigerian tax jurisdictions. And we have a, a list of it, especially as it affects major tech companies. So the country is doing so much and the concept, for instance, of significant economic presence has highlighted some important factors that must be considered that we show that this income is actually attributable to Nigerian economic system. And as such, it must be taxed within the Nigerian tax space. So the government is doing so much. And one of the major developments is the intensive evaluation of Nigerian multinational transactions. You know, with the introduction of the transfer pricing, um, which is the one of the action actions from um, OECD initiatives. So the transfer pricing system has been able to evaluate kind of intercompany transactions that I mentioned at the beginning, where one jurisdiction actually transact businesses with another jurisdiction. So the concept of transfer pricing is actually to 
evaluate the transactions and be sure that these transactions is conducted in such a way that it is not intended to erode profit from Nigerian taxpayers. So Nigeria has been doing a lot, and I'm very sure they are still doing so much. We are all hopeful. Probably we have another finance act that address major cries of the public. So it's achievable. It's achievable. Nigeria is also doing a lot. The only problem that I could foresee is that there is not so much awareness in terms of how this information are disseminated to the public. So this information most times is seated with the consultant, the revenue authority, not until we are able to get this new development, new these changes to the common people on the street. And, and I think that is just where there is still a lot of um, changes to be, to, be, to be made. But um, apart from that, I think Nigeria is actually doing so well to actually tackle the issue of uh, base erosion and profit shifting in the country. Now, what is the implication for major foreign tech multinationals who have services in Africa? And how does this BPS by the OECD help in addressing the tax challenges of the new digital economy for growing economies like Nigeria? Because corporate taxes are important to African countries. The major implication, you know, the holistic view of the action program by OECD is to foster three major things, which is coherence. And um, coherence, also the transparency and the substance over form. So those are the three major things that the old action plan is looking at. And how this affects the major multinationals in the world is that it brings about transparency, you know, in the way businesses are conducted all over the world. No, which reduces the level of friction between multinationals and revenue authority. So this action is, um, to be honest, is a way to go. So you, you can be sure that the activities of multinationals are adequately monitored and guarded by international rule and standard, So which is usually referred to as best practices. So this is how it will affect the multinational companies across the globe. And one of that issue is that it also brings about tax efficiency, you know, across different jurisdictions. You know, it generates more taxes for government, you know, in, in such a way that it's not cumbersome. Let me use that word. It's not cumbersome. You don't have to chase about the multinational company to actually, you know, get the adequate taxes from them. So the implication for most multinational enterprises is that it brings about transparency of business. It also brings about good practices. And um, it also brings a tax efficiency in tax system across jurisdictions. Okay, so some foreign tech companies like Twitter have cited non-clarity in tax policy framework, among others, as reasons for mainly not setting up in a place like Nigeria. Will BPS address, you know, the harmful tax regimes in developing countries like Nigeria? And then also... What direct implications on foreign direct investment will it have? Or will it affect investment into Africa in any way at all? The BEPS action program, you know, by the, let me say, the G20 now inclusive framework of about 139 countries, like I said, is the way to go. You know, Nigeria is already part of the program and we are hoping by 2020, 
the framework would have been perfected and many countries would have adopted this framework. And it's going to affect investment in Africa, you know, but it's going to affect the investment in Africa positively, um, obviously positively. Apart from the tax issues, it's also going to bring about commercial benefits. That means foreign investors can actually come into the country and actually transact business with ease, knowing fully whether there is clarity to how tax system actually operates in this country. You know, prior to the initiation of BEPS program, you know, a major consideration for most multinational countries is how to boycott the domestic tax system, which is very unfair to domestic investors. Okay, so by ensuring uniformity, by adopting the BEPS program, which is being introduced and initiated by the OECD and the G20 and the inclusive framework. So this is going to provide a leveling playing ground for all investors to operate. And it's going to bring about re-evaluation of investment decisions. Okay, so it's, it's going to make the environment more transparent and um, it's going to bring about certainty of their expectation in terms of returns on their investment, which is most things that many multinational investors are actually looking at. So once they are able to ensure transparency and certainty, I mean, it's, 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 that is all for them. So I think the concept of BEPS Action Program is going to bring about more benefit in terms of um, investment for foreign multinational in Africa. Now, just while we're off air discussing, we talked about the highest priority actions that have uh, the greatest impact for African economies. And you mentioned four, eight and nine, the action four, action eight and action nine. What do these mean and what are the implications for African economies in quite simple terms? Okay, so um, I I actually mentioned um, action four. Eight and nine. Action four is talking about limiting base erosion involving interest deductions and other financial payments. Okay, like guarantee payment, like loan and advances to. You know, I can tell you many African countries are actually doing much in this regard, and um, that also include uh, Nigeria. You know, in the Finance Act 2019, there was a concept that was integrated into our legal system, which is the thing capitalization. So what the concept of thin capitalization is, is saying that, which is actual four, is that you cannot deduct more than a certain percentage of interest on loan from foreign countries. So this is to actually limit the number of um, the, the amount of interest that can be repatriated offshore from Nigerian um, entity. We all know that most times. Nigeria almost, I mean, most times seek financial assistance from their, let me say, from their parent companies overseas, especially in oil and gas sector, in um, tech industry. But what this action is talking about is that even though you have provided funding to operation in Nigeria, so we are actually regulating the amount of interest that can be taken out of the country per time, okay? This is not to erode, so in order to prevent, you know, the capital base of the Nigerian system being eroded. And another another action, which is very important, like you mentioned, is Action 8 and Action 10, which 
talks about the transfer pricing activities generally. So the transfer pricing concept is very important and it's very prominent in Nigerian tax space for now, especially among multinational enterprises and also even local enterprises that have a um, huge revenue stream or you know, huge capital base. So what the transfer pricing itself is trying to address is to make sure that there is a justification for the pricing of the transactions between two related parties. That is two parties that are under common control or another party, a parent company and its subsidiary or sister companies. So that is what the transfer pricing concept is actually talking about. So the, the revenue authority has been saddled with this responsibility to look into the book, to look into the financial operations and the reporting system of every organization to audit, to assess the risk associated in their intercompany transactions. So this is a whole lot of activity. It involves benchmarking the pricing with other countries, benchmarking the prices with other um, transactions. So these activities, you know, is providing a framework around which multinational enterprise offshore transact businesses with their associate company in other tax jurisdiction. So we want to ensure that the pricing that is charged, it is not intended to erode profit in any way. So that is just the synopsis of what the Action 4 and Action 8 and 10 is talking about. Action 4 is talking about the limitation of the interest on foreign loans, and Action 8 is talking about the justification of pricing between transactions which are conducted by related entities or group entities. Now, let's get to the part where many African tech startups or just generally startups uh, move out of countries in Africa like Nigeria, um, among other reasons, because of a more favorable tax framework, they set up somewhere else and then, you know, do business here. Does this BEPS framework have any implication at all for them? Yes, the, 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 the BEPS framework actually have implication. So, um, so that, that is why I was talking about um, significant economic presence. So let, let, me, let me explain what that means. You know, I feel maybe you may not get my point. So the, the significant economic presence is actually talking about what determines the presence of a particular entity in a particular country. So even though you have not gone to that country physically, but if you derive some certain amount of income or you conduct some certain transactions in that, in that country, that automatically brings you under the tax net of that country. So you can actually stay in one country and transact business in another country once you are caught under the definition and the condition of significant economic presence, which actually ranges from country to country. Automatically, your profit derived on that transaction must be taxable in that country. Okay, now, talking about this, I just want to finally draw the line. So this means that Twitter does not have to be you know, physically present in Nigeria or set up an office in Nigeria, neither does Facebook or Amazon or any other big multinational for them to be taxed in Nigeria, right? 
definitely you, you, are, you are correct facebook you know google they don't have to come as a matter of fact they actually have um, limited operation in the in the country but they derive a lot of income for instance i'm very sure you have bought books on amazon before right mm-hmm. so so we, we, we all we all do this i mean because it's, it's just very just very okay it's just very easy for me to stay in the confines of my room and um, just log into the system and buy whatever I want to buy and just buy my books, buy my software and everything from the system. So, but the issue is that if you don't come to Nigeria and for instance, I mentioned, I mean, for Nigerian case now. So if you derive a total sum of 25 million in terms of revenue or its equivalence in other currency, you automatically create a significant economic presence in Nigeria, and that income must actually be taxed as such. So we are actually going over the concept of having a physical location in a particular jurisdiction before you can be taxable in that jurisdiction, which we almost most time refer to permanent establishment. So even though you don't have a, a physical location now, but all these conditions, for instance, you have actually made in terms of revenue above the threshold set by the, the Finance Act 2019 in the definition of significant economic presence, automatically that income is taxable in Nigeria. Interesting. Uh, a lot of issues, a lot of people have talked about um, proper taxation in a digital economy like the one we are in now, where people don't have to be mm. present, just like we've been discussing. Mm. Now, will this BEPS BEPS framework solve all the challenges the world is currently facing with proper taxation in a digital economy? Um, um, I, 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 because, you know, it's, it's an ongoing program, okay? As it stands today, we have about 119 countries and, um, and many other countries are still joining. I believe that it may largely resolve some of the digital economic taxation issues, but... It's still being developed. It's still being um, um, fleshing up. So I believe by the time we have more um, both developing countries and developed nations, I mean, evaluating the global environment where major multinational plays, I believe it's going to solve a reasonable problems, you know, from the issue of taxation of multinationals, especially the major tech industries. Beautiful. Now, let's just get to some less serious talk about BEPS. If you'd start a new business, Mr. Ifeh, the first three sources for capital would be what, what, and what? If you start a new business. No, like the... you yourself, you yourself, if you would okay, so, start a new business. Mm, so if, if I'm going to start a new business, okay, the major capital that I'll be considering is, let me say, shareholders' equity, Okay shareholders equity and um you know it's also good to actually finance your business with debt because the interest on debt is actually tax liable but you should be able to balance it so that's why we usually advise people at every point in time you need to seek the advice from knowledgeable consultants so if i'm going to start a business i will consider both the equity and debt which is um which is a very good combination of um finance for a startup company it's just that you need to be able to let me say manage the ratio 
of equity to debt because if debt is not well managed, it can actually, the interest portion of it can actually sink the business because this is actually a huge cost. So this must actually be adequately monitored by your, let me say, finance expert or your consultant. So if you're starting a business, it's good. I, I, I've, I've seen in practice where people recommend the finance to equity to debt ratio of about 2.1, but this is relative to nature of the business, especially if you are in a real estate. I mean, you have to be very mindful because this is actually capital intensive industry. If you are in oil and gas, you have to be mindful of the level of debt. Okay. So there are other special vehicles that you can use to actually finance your businesses, but the nature of the business, the nature of the organization must actually be considered before arriving at a particular finance options to actually um, kickstart your business. Or else, it will actually go bad. This, but you need to look at the structure of the company, the goals of the company. You need to look at what you're actually looking at, the nature of capital required, the amount of capital required. So that, that actually guide you in determining the finance structure you want to adopt for a startup business. Interesting. Now, I want this to be a lot more personal for you. If you were to have only five applications on your mobile device, what will these apps be? If I'm going to have a five application on my mobile device, I just hope I'm not advocating for any app now. No, it's fine. It's totally um, fine. Uh, okay. So, so because of um, my organization, which is Accenture Consulting Services, we have our own uh, application. So that is the number one application on my list. And um, because of the nature of um, the industry in which I operate, um, I also subscribe to some of the um, oil and gas industry application. I don't want to mention it, but I only have one actually. Okay. So, and um, no, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a professional, you know, and so I definitely going to subscribe to uh, LinkedIn. And I also have some female correspondences application and lastly, you know, I'm also a I'm also a good guy. So so I will tell you that I have Instagram on my on my. <laughs> so those are the five applications that I actually make use of. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Finally, when you order for something, how do you pay? Do you do cash? Do you do transfer? How how exactly do you pay? So so once once you do online purchase, it probably you can pay at the point of delivery. So I don't do that most time. I use my card. Okay, I use my card. So. You know, Nigerian tax system may not have been so developed to capture all the the activities, you know, all the economic benefit derived from you know from Nigeria, you know, by multinationals or by tech companies. You know, I'm very sure they are working around it. But one of the major you know concern you know that have been addressed is the issue of self charge. So sometimes, especially when you are a big company, when you are actually buying these things online, you are buying software, you know, goods online, you are actually advised to self-charge yourself and adequately remit to tax authority, you know, FRS or LRS as the case may be, you know. So, so this, is, um, this is also very important. So most times when you go online now, it's just that many people don't, you know, they are not... Um, vigilant to those those information you will see that most of those prices they are actually stated as net of taxes it's, it's not it's not all but you know for for many of us we, we actually take note of those things so what this means is that 
your responsibility is actually to gross the amount up and recognize the gross amount in your book and adequately remit the tax element of that payment to government. It is called self-charge. So this is one of the major issues. But for me, I make use of online payment. I use my card to make payment. If there is need for me to remit taxes, for me, I do remit taxes accordingly. If I'm not purchasing tax-exempted goods, you know, so if I'm not purchasing tax-exempted goods, I deduct accordingly and I remit to, to appropriate um, tax um, authority. Very interesting. I guess we'll have uh, to get another session to uh, discuss how exactly to take note of that and how to go about uh, things like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important. To be honest, it's important. That's why I said earlier that, you know, is um, sometimes I, I usually feel that this information actually rests within people like you and me, that we are a little bit, you know, we are, you know, enlightened you know, as, as far as matter like this is concerned. You know, government need to do more to actually put this information into the, into the public so people can be aware of the implication, you know. So it's, it's important that government do more in terms of um, awareness and, um, and putting this information, you know, into the face of people. We've been speaking to an accounting professional with about 15 years experience who currently works with a professional tax regulatory and people's services organization, Ascension Consulting Services. He works as the manager transfer pricing. Ife Ajao, thank you very much for the insight, for the time and for the conversation. Thank you so much, Mr. Anthony, for yeah. having me. I look forward to having you on other conversations that have to do with, you know, the proper education of how to go about taxing and everything around it. I, it, we really, this is not the last uh, conversation we're surely going Definitely. to have. Yes. So I hope you've learned something. Uh, The next time someone talks to you about how Twitter should need to set up an office in Nigeria so that it can be taxed. I hope you are educated and you know now that, you know, with the BEPS framework, any company around the world can be taxed in any country and by any set of people once uh, the right process is taken. Stay on this side of tech with me. Let's continue to talk tech. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.